0: Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hey, everybody. Thank you for jumping on today. I have a short and sweet podcast to share with you. Um, You know, it takes time. Sometimes things, sometimes things will come really fast with a podcast thought. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time, but today this one came fast. I was on a meeting with Julie, my sister-in-law. We have a coaching business together. And while we were on it together, all of a sudden my thoughts started thinking about a podcast. So as soon as we finished, I hurried up and put it together. And that's what I'm going to share with you today so what is this podcast? Okay. So for some reason, the way that my brain works is when I hear short phrases, quotes that are like five to 15 words long, they stick with me and they really impact me and they help me keep going. So what I do is when I hear a quote, that's really impactful, I grab my phone and I have an area on my notes on my phone And I just hurry and put the quote down. If I find it in a book, if I hear it on a podcast, if I hear it in a talk, um, I'll just hurry and put it down because it really impacts me and I love it. And so I have these areas in my life that I pull from quotes. So one of the areas um, that I use a lot of quotes is in my life coaching. So when I'm working with people, short little phrases, they can sometimes remember, because I know that that's what works for me is I'm able to retain and remember um, a short little phrase that's easy. So I want to share with you 15 quotes that really have impacted me and that I use in my life. Some are spiritual, some are self-help, some are just really good life quotes And they are just worth sharing. So I hope you enjoy it. My first quote that I want to share with you is, the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. Now, I was watching, Matt and I were watching this parenting show, and it was all about different parenting styles. And um, there were several people on it um, that were just different parents. And the therapist that was kind of um, being the monitor for the parenting questions and things like that shared that the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. And that just made me really start to think about how often we kind of can live in the past with our thoughts. And really, it's just a place of reference for us. Like, it's a place for us to look and go, okay, okay. That didn't work, or I can do that better, or I can fix this or change that, or I can amplify that. And so I just really loved it that the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. Okay. The second quote that I love that I can't stop saying, I just heard it for the first time um, about a month ago, is dress the way you want to be addressed. So actually it was on that parenting show again, (laughs) but it just stuck with me. Because I think a lot of times in this society, I know that when I drop the kids off at school, sometimes I'm just really shocked by the way that people or children are dressed. Um, I feel like it's gotten very lax and, you know, everybody can choose how they want to dress. But I love when he said, dress the way you want to be addressed. And I think that's really true. When we dress a certain way, people will address us a certain way. Um, when I was a young mom, I loved Julie Beck. I used to listen to her. And one time she, one time she talked about being a stay, stay-at-home mom, she realized that just as her husband was going to go to work and um, have a professional job, she as a mother was going to be a professional and wake up and get dressed as if she was going to her job, but carry on that role of playing the part of not just staying in her sweats or her sweatshirt, but dressing herself the way she would want to be addressed by her children. Now she didn't say it like that, but that was my translation. So it was always very important for me to try to dress on a regular basis, the way I wanted to be addressed by my children, by community members, by school. I just wanted to present myself well. So dress the way you want to be addressed. Number three, This one came back from my youth. Pride is concerned with who is right, while humility is concerned with what is right. So I ask myself all the time, Beth, are you being prideful? Are you being concerned about you being right? And unfortunately, there are a lot of times where I say, yes, pride is concerned with who is right, while humility is concerned with what is right. And that, if I'm not mistaken, is from President Benson, Ezra Taft Benson. So, so much of my life on a regular basis, I am really saying, Beth, are you being prideful? Are you being about worrying about what's right? Not that you're right. So I love that quote. Number four, do you want to be in the arena or do you want to be a spectator? So for me, my personality, I want to be in the arena. And I love this quote. I actually don't know who I got it from, but it probably came from a podcast or a book I was reading or something, but what do you want to be? Do you want to be in the arena or you, do you want to be a spectator? So I love that quote because of how I feel inside that I do. I want to be in the arena. I want to be in the battle. (laughs) I want to be making things happen. So what do you want to be? Do you want to be a spectator or do you want to be in the arena? Number five, Does this choice enlarge me or diminish me? I love that one so much because a lot of things in life, we can enlarge our capacities or we can diminish them. And so I ask myself, does this choice enlarge me or does it diminish me? So if I'm treating somebody unkindly, that diminishes me. If I'm showing love and kindness to another person, that enlarges me. So I'll ask myself regularly when I'm around other people or in the different circumstances, is this experience enlarging me or diminishing me? Okay. Number six, weak people control others, strong people control themselves. So when I have a tendency to get controlling with my husband or with my kids, I'll ask, I'll say to myself, Beth, right now you're being a weak person. Because I'm trying to control another person. So weak people control others. Strong people control themselves. I love that quote. And I want to be a strong person in the sense of allowing others to have their choice to be free to control themselves. I don't want to control their people. The only person I can control. My dad used to say it to me all the time when I was younger, Bethany, the only person you can control is yourself. And that is so true. Okay. Number seven, this is from elder Maxwell. He said, Jesus Christ is the only way to happiness. Any other option is multiple choice misery. Isn't that so good. I love that quote. So Jesus Christ is the only way to happiness. Any other option is multiple choice misery, misery. And I think about that. Like, am I choosing the savior? Am I um, following in his steps? Am I trying to be more like him? I want to be happy. I want to have joy and his way is happiness and joy. He's the light. And so when I'm choosing other options, it's misery. <laughs> so I love that quote. Okay. Number eight, you have to make a choice between productive discomfort or unproductive discomfort. This is by schnarsch so I heard this from Jennifer Finlayson Fife. So in life, we are going to have discomfort. It's part of our human experience, but would do we want it to be productive or unproductive? So if I'm going through something that is discomforting, I ask myself, Beth, do you want to take some productivity from this or do you want it to be unproductive and just wallow and struggle and stick there? And I hope, most times, I'm trying to be productive, finding a way to allow this discomfort to be productive and not unproductive discomfort. So Schnar said, "You have to make a choice between productive discomfort or unproductive discomfort." And I love that, because really, no matter what, we're going to have discomfort, but do we want it productive or unproductive? Number nine: You can't read the label when you're inside the jar. Oh my gosh, I love this one so much so many times in our lives like in coaching and in myself if i'm if i'm in a situation so long i can't see outside the label outside the jar so if i'm trapped in a mindset or a way of thinking or patterns or experiences i can't see something that someone on the outside can see and so it always helps me to have a reference point to have somebody else to see something that i'm missing and that's actually what i love about life coaching is as a life coach, you get to help them see the label so they can get outside of the inside of the jar and kind of see something in a different light. It's kind of like the cave where um, the, uh, I wish I could remember the right words right now. It's not coming to me, but when I was a teenager, we learned all about the people that lived in the cave and all that they saw was the shadows that would go across the cave wall. And that's, that was life. That was reality. That's all they saw. And it wasn't until they stepped out of the cave that that reality was totally shattered because they had this perspective of life being a certain way, but it wasn't wrong. It was their paradigm. It was their belief. That's the word. They had a belief, a paradigm. And so a lot of times in our lives, we have a paradigm and that's the inside the jar. And sometimes we need to have somebody else or get ourselves out of the jar and look at the label. Okay. Number 10. This is from Jenny Taylor, and if you haven't watched her video, I did a podcast all about it, but she said, life is incredibly unfair in our favor, and God takes everything that we experience, and he turns it into our favor, even when it's unfair, and I absolutely love this, and I thought about so many times in my life where um, life has been incredibly unfair, but God has made it in my favor for my good. Number 11, the brain wants to consume, the spirit wants to create. So we're here on this earth, we have these physical bodies, our spirits are eternal, that we lived with God, right? And so our spirits want to create and our brain wants to consume. So there's this internal battle of our, my brain wanting to consume material or information, but my spirit also wanting to create. And so I love the quote that the brain wants to consume and the spirit wants to create. Because there is a time where you do need to consume to understand things, but also there's the process of creation. Okay, number 12, instead of complaining, request. So this is from, again, from Jennifer Finlayson Fife. And Matt and I were listening to one of her videos and she gave everybody a challenge on there to stop complaining and start requesting. And so Matt and I did this little thing for a week. And and then I tell myself it all the time because you forget, you get into patterns. And I tell myself, stop complaining and start requesting. So I do this all the time that I catch myself complaining. And then I say, okay, Beth, just make a request. How can you turn your complaint into request? So I was very grateful that she put that out in a short quote of only four words instead of complaining, request. Number 13, that which we persist in doing becomes easier to do. Not that the nature of the thing has changed, but our power to do so is increased. So when we persist in doing something, it's not that whatever we're doing has changed, but our power to do it has increased. So if there's anything in your life, like Like Julie and I like this coaching, we are persisting, we're moving forward, there are roadblocks that happen and things keep going, you know, different ways where unexpectedly, like when I went to Arizona, we weren't able to be together like we planned for two days to work on videos and, and programs and courses that we wanted to put out there. But we're persisting, we are and it's not that the nature of the thing has changed. It's still there, but it's the power to do so has increased. So our power to keep moving and going forward has increased. Number 14, self-care is nourishing, not numbing care. Okay, I love this quote because a lot of people will say, hey, make sure you do your self-care. But sometimes we mistake self-care as a numbing, things that are numbing, like binging on Netflix. Not that it's bad, don't get me wrong. Paige and Matt and I, just binged over the weekend of a a reality show called um, outlast on Netflix, but self-care is nourishing. It nourishes the soul. It's not numbing care. So when we're doing things that are more numbing, what are they? I don't know what they are. It's something you'd have to decide, but self-care is more nourishing. So I asked myself, this is why I love this quote is I'm like, is what I'm doing nourishing my soul? Or is it numbing me so that I don't have to feel anything and I'm kind of checked out and I'm just kind of doing my own thing? So the, the, this quote has a lot of impact on me because on a regular basis, I think, am I nourishing or am I numbing? Okay. My last quote that I want to share with you, and I am sure that you have a ton of quotes that have helped you throughout your life. Um, I just chose ones that are really short, that are really impactful for me. But think about them, write them down somewhere, share them with your kids, put them in your journal, um, do something so that there's a, a remembrance of them because sometimes some of them I'll forget and then all of a sudden I'll remember it and then start thinking about it again a lot. But the last quote that I love that I got from a girl at a retreat, her name was Sarah Silverman, was pause, pivot, proceed. And so I use this a lot with coaching when I'm working with a woman or a man, um, in life, sometimes we just need to pause. Like if we're like a lot of times people are wanting to change their health, their body, um, their feelings about something. And I just teach them the PPP pause, pivot, proceed. Now it's not mine. Like I said, I got it from somebody else, but a lot of times if we just pause for a minute, then we could take a quick pivot, just a really short pivot, and then we can proceed on a different path. If pausing means to sing a song, um, say a prayer, step aside, take a breath, um, rethink it, take a moment to sit alone, pick up a book, whatever the pause looks like, I don't know. But I know for me, this little quote of pause, pivot, proceed has made a huge change in my life. And I think about it all the time. If I'm starting to get frustrated with my kids or I'm having a situation that I feel is getting out of control, I'll just say to myself, pause. Okay, Beth, what can you do right now? You can change your thought. You could sing a hymn in your mind. And then I do, do that little pivot and then I proceed. Okay. I hope you love some of these quotes and I hope they help you. Um, I know that quotes are huge in my life. And they've helped me so much. And I always try ways to implement them. And with my coaching and and with talks that I give or anything that I do, I try to use quotes because they really, these short things can just be life-changing. So I hope you look through and find some quotes that you love and you record those and keep them somewhere where you can remember them. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that each of you have a wonderful week. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.